if something goes wrong, it's good to have a plan in place. And what we do is have those plans from a variety of different insurance companies that help them uh, pay hospital bills to be evacuated if they need to. Welcome to the new Nomad podcast, hosted by Alan and Andrew of Insured Nomads. Join us as Alan and Andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to the new Nomad Podcast. Scott Maris will be joining us today. He's an entrepreneur. He's an expert on global healthcare. We're going to have a very interesting conversation for those of you out there who travel or are moving overseas and want to stay healthy, safe, etc. But before we do that, Andrew and I were having an interesting conversation the other day that we'd like to share with our audience, which is what we call ruiners. So how do we ruin our home experience by traveling somewhere that something was so good, you can never have it the same? And the examples I gave Andrew, Andrew is when I went to Budapest and I had some of the goulash there, it's nothing like the goulash I have ever had anywhere else or the mozzarella on the pizza that you have in Italy. So while I enjoy goulash, it's kind of ruined it because you just know what the best is. So Andrew, why don't you share with us some ruiners and we invite our audience to interact with us at some juncture on maybe the ruiners that they have, but we were having quite a lot of laughs on things that we got ruined. We'll bring Scott into it. We'll ask him in a bit for some of his. Well, yeah. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you on again this week. And I think, too, I've spent a lot of time in Brazil. And Brazilian steakhouse is one of those things that people think about. Oh, I'm having some Brazilian food. Yeah, it's good. But those that cheese bread on the table there is nothing like what you'd get in Brazil. It's just hard to get the queijo mineiro, the cheese from Minas in the U.S., and add that into that cheese bread on the table. I think back to German sausage. It's tough to get good German German sausage in the U.S. and in other cultures. After you've had it there, it's not as easy to find some of those. Thai food, it's not the same. That mango sticky rice in Chiang Mai just stands out to me. It's not the same elsewhere. Mangoes aren't as fresh either. But, you know, I'm sure we could all go on and on. And I remember in my 20s when I had pizza in Italy that was so unlike I had had all my life and thought, that's just not the sausage I've had on pizza (laughs) in the U.S. That's not the same. So you have to adjust your taste. I think coffee. It's just not the same in other places. It's roasted different after they ship it in those containers. Scott, welcome. Yeah. Glad you're here with us today. Let's bring you in. Thank you, Andrew. What comes to mind with you? Uh, the one that I have is I consider myself a bicyclist. I like to bike around. And when I was younger, especially, I had done some longer distance rides across the entire state of Iowa, something we call Ragbri, which is a local newspaper sponsors that and thousands of us go across the state. So I've always liked to ride a bike, but went to to Amsterdam several years ago and just to see the culture entirely around bicycling, not just for recreation, but for commuting, just for everyday life and to see the traffic lanes uh, built to accommodate that. And then do you come back to the United States while it's improving in many areas? It was shocking to see how little regard there was for bicyclists and no traffic control to help them remain safe. Automobiles dominate in the United States. And it was just shocking to come back and to see how 
oh, here comes a car. Get out of the way of the car. Whereas I think in other places, bicycles and pedestrians have more. Well, that's a great ruiner because I remember Amsterdam, that was one of those amazing things. You see a mother with children on the bike, riding to school, et cetera. And it's a wonderful thing on there. But Scott, you've had a great background helping people when they travel overseas or move overseas as somebody who's gotten them the best healthcare evacuation plan. Obviously a ruiner of a different sort is when somebody is unprepared, goes overseas and maybe has a, a medical issue, an evacuation issue. And I know we're going to talk about that today, but why don't you share with our audience a bit of your background? Because you're not only somebody who gives great advice, but you're an entrepreneur yourself because you run an agency that helps folks yeah. go overseas, et cetera. A little yeah. bit about yourself. Yeah. So came to the entrepreneur element of my life later in life. I started off in a corporate environment working for large international brokerage. So did the kind of up through the ranks sort of thing. And then after a period of time, I found myself exploring opportunities, wanting to have more impact on an organization. So when you're one of 30,000, it's difficult. But when you're one of 10, obviously the percentages are better for yes. you and, and you can in, advance a little bit better. So I found myself in a wonderful international focused agency that was founded in California. And after a few years of working with uh, the owner and founder there, found the opportunity to acquire the agency from him. And so for about six years now, me and my team, ITG Worldwide, have been doing the specialty agency thing where we help clients and brokers who advise their clients with uh, international insurance. So travel insurance, expatriate insurance, special risks like kidnap and ransom, that kind of thing. So one of the questions that Andrew and I always get, we'll take it two ways. First, from a business traveler, a leisure traveler, what do most travelers forget? What do you help them most with? Yeah. Most of the time we have to do is just remind them that they need to do something at all, that they just can't get on the plane and think that everything's going to be okay from an insurance perspective or from a risk management perspective. I mean, most people go on a business trip and understandably think I'm there to meet the client, to help do sales presentation or leisure travel to have fun, right? To go there for fun things and not for things that could go wrong. So as an insurance person, you know, we have to just help remind people that there's things that happen. And there's a reason you have health insurance when you're here at home in your home country here in the United States. There's a reason you have homeowner's insurance. There's a reason you have auto insurance. When you go somewhere outside the US, you just need to remember that if something goes wrong, it's good to have a plan in place. And what we do is have those plans from a variety of different insurance companies that help them uh, pay hospital bills to be evacuated if they need to. Even little things, it doesn't always have to be an emergency, dire emergency, but if you need to have a prescription filled, or if you live overseas and want to have some understanding of what the drug name is in Budapest as compared to what they call it in the United States to have the resources available to help. So we're all about just trying to help with the risk side of things so that they can go and do what they want to do, which is either have fun or have fun doing business, that kind of thing. And if something goes wrong, they know they have a plan there and a team ready to help. Got one thing that comes to mind, and I think you've dealt with this a bit in the last few years, is that as the global workforce is changing, people who had thought, oh, I'll retire in some country someday, and they're counting the years to go live in Costa Rica or move to Europe. But now they're seeing that, okay, I can actually do that sooner than I thought. I can go ahead and keep working or move my practice. You know, if they're a law firm, they can go ahead and keep working at their law firm, but do it remotely. But they're going to their corner agent, their broker in their small town or in their cities that doesn't deal with cross-border policies saying, what do I get? And so, I mean, we've even seen a farmer's agent get contracted with us at Insured Nomads because they're so 
somewhat captive, but they're not, you know, they can represent right. other companies, even though it is farmers. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where the corner agents, those folks in the strip malls, those folks in the office parks that generally deal with local and regional are getting faced with yeah. how do we help these companies that suddenly have one or two people yeah. or the individual that says, I want to go. And the changing face of the workforce, I think, is going to turn that way more and more to where people yeah. are going to say, okay, how do we get contracts to even serve that? And you've right. met that need also, I believe. Yes. So a lot of what we do when we go out to the world to let them know we exist and that we're here to help is to go to brokers and agents like those you just described, Andrew. And we have an ability and a willingness and a desire to help that person, that man or woman who's trying to serve their client. They don't maybe get a lot of exposure. They don't want to become an international expert. So we are helping them. And there is a mechanism in our organization to help bring them on so that we can have the entire suite of products available for them. But to, to your point about the changing nature of the workforce, we're seeing that all the time. In the past, maybe many years ago, 10 years ago or so, I would be contacted or someone on my team would be contacted about employee benefits. We need an employee benefit for this group of people around the world. And we would be able to help, and we still do today, oftentimes with a group health insurance product built for expatriates or for people on the move around the world. More and more lately though, what I'm getting is, well, we have people around the world and their employees sort of, they might be more of a contract employee or they're very independent and one size fits all doesn't work for them. And so we are seeing more and more a one-to-one -one approach where someone on my team might work with an employee somewhere in the South Pacific because they just think that that's a great place to work. And I agree that would be really great to work there, but they might be one here in Eastern Europe, one in the Middle East, one in Singapore, some in the South Pacific. And so we can go one-to-one-to-one -to, -one -to, -one to help them get the right insurance plan. So employees are shifting definitely towards a cons more of a consultant mentality and different insurance solutions are needed to help. And you don't need to retire to travel the world anymore. We have a lot of clients that are younger than me that are out there doing their thing by themselves, enjoying life. So that's always encouraging and kind of fun to work with people like that. You know, Scott, you brought up a great point about in the past, when I was in a corporate environment, I had a risk department that looked after me, a benefits department that looked after me. I had the perks of a large company and people that are are location independent and maybe even corporate independent because they need to bring all those component pieces together and they need to go to somebody like you because they don't even know what they're missing. I'll give you a great example is we've had a lot of people over my career have had a medical issue overseas and they neglected to buy like evacuation coverage and evacuation coverage is relatively inexpensive, but they needed to be moved to an appropriate medical facility, which can actually sometimes be a lot more expensive than even the medical issue at hand. Maybe you could comment on some of the things that are left out that I know you you see the evacuation. Sometimes people get some of the mental health issues and also how healthcare now, a lot of countries want to see a visa letter or a certain level yeah. of benefits before they let you work there. It's getting yeah. kind of complex. Help us out with that. Well, a few examples of that. I mean, many times, multiple times in a month, I guess is how I would describe it. We work with our clients to work with the insurer to give them the certification letters they need. When they move around, and this is starting to happen more as COVID recedes here as we move through the fall, people need to prove they have good health insurance. They don't want to be a burden. They can't be. The countries won't let them be a burden as they come in to visit or to work or to live. And so it's something we've always done and it's going to be even more and more necessary and an activity that our team will have to do. And we hope for that because that means that people are moving and the world is vibrant and active again. So there's definitely that. I think that people sometimes forget too that even if they're savvy enough or sophisticated enough or experienced enough to travel and know that they should have some health insurance in place, right? They might slip and fall, they might eat some 
food and not settle with them very well and they need to go to the doctor. But what is often not thought of are the security elements. So we also help our clients with what I would call a security or political assistance or evacuation. We have a few different sources for that. But what that really means is you could be fine. You could be working, maybe doing mission work, for example, in a part of the world where you're fine. You didn't get hurt. You didn't get sick, but the tsunami hits or the volcano hits, or there's political unrest for whatever reason. It might mean that the government isn't stable. And so you need to leave or you and your group need to leave. And so a security assistance benefit is something that also is important that isn't always thought of. Sometimes things happen in parts of the world that don't seem politically unstable, but Japan can also have earthquakes, tsunamis, and you need to get out of there. And to have a benefit that takes care of that, because it can be a huge financial burden if you don't have that taken care of, pay for it because you're going to pay a high price, right? Because resources are going to be very limited during a crisis situation. So there are a lot of things to think about in addition to health and welfare. And some of those are just security and uh, making sure that you're okay, even if you're not sick or hurt. That's good. One thing that I ran into recently, I was on the phone with a consultant and he mentioned that, oh, in about nine days, he's going to Croatia. And I said, oh, interesting. Have you gotten insurance for your trip? He said, oh, no, I don't need to. I have it with my credit card. What credit card? Do you mind if I check? Because, you know, I'm always comparing the benefits that come with these cards. So we pulled it up. He said, oh, it's a Chase Freedom card. Open it up and it said travel assistance, get help with referrals to hospitals. He got trip delay and trip cancellation money, but there was no health or medical in those benefits. And he was shocked because he thought the high level credit card and it has all this stuff that he had never really looked into the details on. And even if it did, it wouldn't cover a heart attack and EVAC. It would provide some minor that's secondary to insurance. But there's also, what's your take on how that business travel accident, the travel insurance that most companies have for when employees are on business trips. Now people are saying, I'm going to go on that trip, but I'm going to stay for an extra week. That extra week, they may do some work, but there's a lot of personal time in that. Companies have a travel policy that is not just business travel in this new age. What's your take on that? Yeah, my take on that is that absolutely, that's an issue that we see a lot. It's a big part of what we do when we do our consultation with clients that do group travel. So any sort of organization of any size that has people going around the world doing business or for business or leisure, first and foremost, they need to have an insurance plan in place. And when they come to us, they already typically have that education. They already know they need it. So then when we get down to the details of what the benefits are, we always ask for and almost always install what we would call a sojourn travel or personal deviation benefit. It's very common, especially with our smaller clients who tend to be owners that tend to combine a business trip with personal travel. I do that all the time. I mean, if I can do business while I'm enjoying a vacation, or if I can add a vacation onto a business trip, I always try to take that opportunity and bring family along if at all possible. And you have to have a benefit that accounts for that so that if the business meeting is over, the conference is over, that you have benefits in place to take care of the spouse or the children you might bring along with you, because that's maybe when something will happen. And if you don't have that, that's a real big oversight. So absolutely something we see, absolutely something that we advise our clients to add so that they have that personal travel benefit, even if they're on a business trip. I take away that the information component is so important on programs too, because I've had the questions many times like, well, what do I need travel medical? Well, if you forget your prescription drugs, they might be called something different. It's Mm. prescribed there. If you traveled with a certain prescription, it might even be illegal in a given location and you might find yourself in an issue there. But what I find a lot of folks don't understand is you probably shouldn't be asking the concierge for the direction to the favorite hospital or clinic. A lot of times it's because the concierge is a local, they may know, but they don't know where the right hospital that maybe there's English speaking or whatever your local nationality used to handle. 
handling expats, business travelers, leisure travelers on that. Talk a little bit about the information flow. And I think technology has made a big difference now because the phone technology we have now, the difference between the way we traveled 20 years ago and the way we travel today is so different. I'm just even thinking about the first time I went to China, I didn't even have a phone. And now I have geo-positioning tools, et cetera. What's your take on yeah. that and making sure that people have the right app and the support and geo-positioning yeah. tools on their phone? Yeah. Like you, Alan, over the years of doing this have gone from having things be on paper that we send in the mail to being email to being phone apps, right? And so the best insurers are doing the better technology, right? And so over the last number of years, there's been a huge increase in the assistance and the capabilities that you can have in a mobile phone. Before that, it was website and only website-based. So the evolution has gone to where you, you carry in your hand the information you need. And the best examples I guess I can see of that are some of the younger people, the, the student travelers that are going out. They totally expect that. And to be able for, as a parent, to be able to monitor through the technology where your kid's at and to know that they have good insurance solutions in place. And it's the little things like the technology and the information that is available that's the most important part about having any kind of good insurance plan. The claims getting paid and things later on, that's very important. But what is most urgent for a traveler or family member caring about that traveler when they're far away is what happens if right now, if something bad happens, if there's a slip and fall, if there's any kind of emergency, if there's a sickness, what can they do? And to have a great technology available so that you don't have to rely upon the concierge or the front desk, or even to trouble a business partner you're with, maybe you're visiting a client, you really don't want to go to your client necessarily and say, hey, help me. So good technology, best insurance companies now, like you guys, have that technology to help a person carry that peace of mind with them. And so it's just changed so much from being on your own completely to maybe hoping I could log into a website, to being able to have a phone, to view translation of languages, uh, prescription drug information. Where do I go if I get hurt or sick? It's amazing how it's changed over the years. Well, it changes everything from a proactive basis, from a reactive basis. And yeah. what I mean by that is I'm thinking about a case that I was on a trip and a person slipped and fell and hit their head. And the local doctor looked at him and said, ah, oh, you hit your head, go back and take a nap. And we're like, absolutely <laughs> not. We dialed yeah. up the medical team and got some advice and went off to a clinic. They were observed. And to me, that was avoiding, that was proactive, avoiding somebody taking a nap. That's not exactly no. the right thing. Or I think of a time that I traveled with somebody who started with a very itchy eye because they weren't getting the right direction. They're like, well, I, I'm not going to worry about it until I get home. And then it turned out to be quite an eye infection and it really affected the trip, but then reached out and found a really great eye professional, et cetera. But it could have been taken care of before the trip was ruined if we had just gotten to that eye doctor in that country yep. at the time. So maybe we all want to be proactive and have people avoid that issue. Yep. Yep. And to me, don't you think that's one of the biggest changes out there is in the past, you'd call your carrier or your partner and say, help me pay my claim. Well, it's already too late. Now you call and say, can I talk to somebody like telemedicine and get other advice here? Because I'm not quite sure yep. I'm buying what these people are selling. Maybe yep. some of your thoughts or some of the stories that you've run across. And then we'll, we'll have Andrew comment because I know, Andrew, you've been in Ghana and you've seen this firsthand. You first, Scott. Well, from a proactive standpoint, yeah, it's one of the best virtues of having information with available from having a good insurance plan is to be able to plan in advance. And that's one of the things that we help our clients do. Getting the insurance and thinking about that is a great first step because they know they need to do something. And then to actually think about where I'm going and to look at the resources available and to not rely upon reacting at the moment when you're in a different location. So I've seen probably a better term for it would be a relocation situation where a group of people went out that were insured by us. They
they ended up one person getting surprisingly sick for no reason. They couldn't tell what was going on. And that's a scary situation. The process kicked in, the insurance company assistance team kicked in, they did a great job. But what was necessary was to move them across town to a different healthcare location, to a different hospital. And to be able to have that sort of quick communication through the digital apps that were available and everybody has mobile phones, thank God, because everyone was able to communicate. It was a really a matter of one of the person people in the group had enough knowledge to not rely upon what they were being told in the circumstance. Consultation with the medical director from the insurance organization, everybody got together and we were able to move them across town to better circumstance, better care. So knowing that in advance, I mean, you can't plan for everything, but to be able to, as people who would listen to us talk and to think about insurance and to prepare for travel, do that planning in advance, not to get preachy, but if you can plan where you're going and know if something happens, I want to end up over here at point A instead of point B. The great resources available from a good insurance company will help you do that planning in advance so that hopefully you never need it, but when you have something happen, you've got a plan. Well, yeah, Scott, one thing that I want to ask, and we ask this to all of our visitors, and so there's several options with this, but tell us one overlooked person, place, experience, even book that you think that our readers should know about. Well, you know what? If I may be so indulgent, I have two, and I'm going to do them really quick. Okay, so first of all, I'm fortunate enough, ITG Worldwide is fortunate enough to have a client located in Duluth, Minnesota. So Duluth, Minnesota is in the northern part of the United States on the shores of Lake Superior. It's a wonderfully vibrant community, about 80, 85,000. There's a lot going on there. So in the process of having that client, an aerospace aviation client, got to travel up there. There's wonderful hiking. There's wonderful freshwater fishing and beaches. And so it's a gem up there. And then really quickly, second, Des Moines, Iowa, hometown headquarters, ITG worldwide. There's actually some really good things going on around here and not just the Iowa sort of things like the state fair, but we've got the Lawrenson Skate Park, which was the location of the only Olympic trials for skateboarding. So Des Moines, Iowa, Olympic trials, skateboarding. Okay. Just put your mind around that. We had uh, hundreds of people come in from around the world and it's now one of those checklist things for skateboarders. So if you're a skateboarder, you have to end up in Des Moines, Iowa eventually because it's the largest one right now in North America. And it was the Olympic trials were held last May. And then we've got the World Food Prize here, which is the Nobel Prize for food, food technology for those that advance the availability and the accessibility and the quality and quantity of food. So we're lucky every now and then to have a lot of really interesting international people come here. And so we think that that's pretty cool. So visit Des Moines, visit Duluth, two great places. Fantastic. And somebody who has visited you in Des Moines, Des Moines is a capital city. It's a wonderful city. Fantastic. I totally agree. While an insurance person who is scared of skateboarding because I know that I would probably end up in the hospital. Yeah. I'd love to watch people do it because it's a magic talent to watch. So thank you today, Scott, for joining us and covering the spectrum of protecting people. And just to take away, I mean, I've heard making sure you have some travel medical place, you have evacuation for medical, natural disaster, political. You want to make sure that you have really good information on the front end. I learned a lot about, you know, you're going to need to have some sort of information on visas, etc. That's just tremendous feedback points. And one of my little travel tips is before I ever got to a city, I would already know where the expat hospital would be if something were to happen yeah. to me. Yeah. Wonderful things. So Andrew, I learned a lot today. I'd love you to share what you learned and present perhaps a few tips that you have also where you travel to keep yourself out of trouble. But Scott hit so many of them. I feel safe already. Yeah. One of those things that stood out to me, and this goes back for me 20 years, one of my concerns that it wasn't a feature of the insurance I had, and it still isn't in, from many of the companies. But one of the things that they brought up is the safety, security, relocation.
location and evacuation that is easily accessible. Having a policy that has an app with an alert button with an easy way to reach an alarm center that's going to get them to safety, I think is so crucial in this day and age because the world shifts instantly and you're in a culture you're not familiar with and need to get help. And the locals are panicking as well in that moment. So it's not a time when they're thinking about you, they're thinking about their family, how to get them to safety. So you need somebody else that's outside that area that can say, okay, we've got people that we can get boots on the ground to help you. So that's one of the things he touched on that. It goes to my key values there is having that safety component so readily accessible. This has been fun because we hit a lot of the different things that people need to be aware of. So thanks, Scott. We'll have it in the show notes on where people can find you. The best place is probably your website, right? That's right. ITGworldwide.com. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Alan? Yeah, one last thing that you touched upon is the panic button that we do have in the app is something that I know, Andrew, you and I feel very passionate about because we have a lot of students and a lot of people traveling in places they're unfamiliar. And it's great to know that if you hit that within 60 seconds, the cavalry will be reaching back to you, the figurative cavalry. So we want to keep everyone safe and traveling out there. So please, people, keep traveling. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We look forward to comments in the future also on Ruiners. So once again, thanks for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you again in the future. And we thank Scott yet again. Thanks for tuning in to the New Nomad Podcast, where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. For more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle, please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.